This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are Don Gray with Gray Talent Group and Becca Knights with Simon Casting. Don is a talent agent and Becca is a casting director. And I wanted to have us just talk about how casting happens in the city, what the role of the talent agent is, what the role of the casting director is, and just um, get a feeling of what the actor's life is like in the theater in Chicago from the point of view of getting roles. So, Dawn, um, maybe you could just quickly describe your company and your role as a as a talent sure. agent. Um, we're a small agency, and we're committed to being exclusive only. So if an actor is represented by us, they're represented by only us. Um, in Chicago, you can have multiple agents. It's one of the few markets where you can have two or three agents representing you, or you can have an exclusive relationship with an agent. And what our job is, is basically getting actors' roles in theater and film and television, commercials and voiceovers. Um, so that's primarily what we do. And what we do very much is we try to get to know our actors really well and to help to find what it is that they're really good at mm -hmm. and that they can be successful at doing. Mm -hmm. And then, Becca, from the casting director's side, what's the other aspect? What's the other side of it? What do you do? Um, well, we are, we obviously cast for television and film and commercials and theater. Um, I know today we're specifically speaking to theater and, um, we, um, we make it a point to know every actor in Chicago across the board. Um, it's amazing what is stored inside our heads. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything from, you know, the, the commercial actors, the strong theater actors, the musical theater actors, the actors who are have strength in improvisation, um, and to know where they're working, where they've worked, and um, and when they're available to be used for our projects. So, um, and you are also on the Jeff committee, so yeah. you probably see an unusual amount of theater, I would guess, for a casting director. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> that is true. Yep. I see an, an absurd amount of theater. <laughs> um, and uh, it is, it's very helpful for my job. Um, the, my knowledge on the casting pool in Chicago has increased greatly since I joined the Jeff committee. Mm -hmm. um, prior to the Jeffs, I was seeing a lot of theater um, because it was important for my job and I enjoy it. Um, and I believed it was something that we should make a priority. Um, and so I was seeing probably one to two shows a week before I joined the Jeff committee. And now I'm seeing more like three to five shows oh, a week. So that's a, that's a job in itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. And it's, a, it's across the board for both equity theaters and non-equity non theaters. And, and would that be unusual in another market like LA or, or New York that theater would be such an important um, source of finding actors? Or is that true in, in those markets as well? Do you know? Um, I would say, in my opinion, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the New York and LA markets and mm -hmm. I'm not an expert. Um, but from what I understand, that yes, it is unusual in Chicago. Um, we have a lot of producers who, for especially for a lot of the series and films that are now word of mouth learning that Chicago's talent is, have strong theater chops. So they're choosing now to come to Chicago to look for actors mm -hmm. for their shows, which is really exciting to learn that. Um, so yeah, I think that that is something that Chicago is known for and becoming even more well known for. Uh huh. And when you said looking for actors, I felt like you kind of put a capital A on it. Like you were saying, is there yeah. something specific about Chicago actors that they're looking for when they come here? 
I think they're finding that the um, that the actors here are have some major chops. Mm-hmm. Um, they are more than a pretty face and a one liner, um, and that they can you know they come here and they're always blown away with the capacity mm. um, that the actors here have to deliver a really fine performance, even when it's just you know even when it's just a day player role on a film, you know. Right. So, so Don, as a talent agent, what is your relationship to the casting directors? Right. Well, I, they basically will put out a breakdown, and then I will respond by submitting my actors to it, and then they'll look, and every other agency in town does as well, mm-hmm. and then they'll look through all of the submissions and they'll decide who they want to see for an audition. However, it's really important for me as an agent to have a great relationship with the casting directors so that I can push people because, you know, it's, there's not a lot of times for actors to get seen. I mean, there are only when they're going to do, when they're going to cast, they're going to say, I'm going to see these, this number of people. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pick the best people that fit that number of slots. Right. So it may, it's not going to be everyone who I think they should see is going to get seen, but it's really important for me to have a good relationship so that I can pick up the phone and say, Hey, Becca, I really think you should see this person mm-hmm. for this project, and they'll take that in advisement. And what's really important for me as an agent is to not waste that opportunity or to take it lightly. So that if I pick up the phone and I do call a casting director and I do recommend someone, I need to really know that they're going to come in and deliver. Right. And it's hard as an agent sometimes because people will ultimately audition for you and then will do a callback for us. But we don't always get to, we, we very rarely get to see what it is that they do when they walk into a room. And sometimes mm-hmm. what they're doing for us, if they're doing a monologue they've prepared, is different than what they're doing when they walk in an audition for, for Becca or for a casting director. So it's really, so I just feel like it's so important for me to know if very, very well every single actor I represent and so that when I do pick up the phone and ask for my actors to be seen, that they take it seriously. Right. So, so for you, credibility with the casting directors is, is your currency, so to speak. Right. And so having, first of all, having actors whose talent you believe in and actors whose commitment and sort of conscientiousness you believe in is where you start and then sending the right person to the right audition so that you're not wasting the casting director's time kind of is where you begin to build up your reputation and have a better chance of placing people. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the kind of the beginning when um, an actor moves here from the University of Illinois with their, uh, you know, BFA in their pocket. And what would you recommend is the way to start making a career here, which may or may not include trying to get an agent? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because obviously every year there are a large number of seniors that are graduating and they're all competing with each other for a very small number of spots. And the colleges have showcases. Mm -hmm. And so we go to, we try to go to a lot of the showcases, although every year it seems like there's more and more and more showcases. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be 10 years ago that you would go to Northwestern and DePaul and Roosevelt and Columbia, maybe. And now... There's like Michigan and Ball State and, you know, all of these colleges are coming here. So it's tough. And I mean, and we'll go, so we go to all the showcases Mm -hmm. and probably from the showcases, I would guess that maybe, I mean, we'll take one or two people at most from every showcase Mm -hmm. and probably not even that. 
probably maybe 5% of the people who are graduating from the showcases get representation from an agent. From anybody in yeah. Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I don't, that's just a guess, but that's <clears throat> right. what I feel. Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have a whole bunch of people who are coming to Chicago who don't have representation. And they're all competing for the same work. Um, or they're going to L.A. or New York. And I just think that what's important is that they start auditioning. You know, there's lots of ways you can find out about auditions. If you don't have an agent, you get theater work, and you start working that way. And then you can always come back in six months or a year and say, I've been, you know, I graduated, and I've been doing this and this and this, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to, you know, try to get an agent again. Uh, but what's really important for them is that, the one thing that an actor control in this business is, is their professionalism. And so it's a lot, there's a lot of co- uh, people graduating from college who seem to have an adjustment issue of like being on time, really working the material and being prepared, like to the point where you're incredibly prepared. And those are all the things that you can't, you can't control it ultimately if you're right for the part, if you have mm-hmm. the experience for the part. But the thing that you can control is how you're walking in the room and your preparation. And your physical look, you know. Yeah. Well, you can't. Well, you can, you can control, control that to some degree. That you're dressed well, right? And that you're trying to stay in shape, and mm-hmm. that you look as good as you can possibly look. Right. So, from right. that standpoint, um, or you look like the character, you know, or you're mm-hmm. creating an image for the character. So um, that, and then the first year, I say there's a huge shakeout with the college students. There are a lot of people who've just spent four years training for it drop out of the business after just a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Becca, so you, when you go to theater, does it happen? Do you get all of the people who come in for an audition through a talent agent or do you ever see someone and reach out to them directly, even if they don't have representation? Um, no, absolutely. Uh, I would say, um, we get most of the talent that we're seeing for projects through their agents. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the breakdowns we put out usually first go to the agents and then if we need to, um, spread the net a little wider at that point, then we may reach out um, past the agents. Um, but yeah, absolutely going to shows. I, I pretty much know who everybody's with. So when I look at a playbill, I know who's represented by which agent. So mm-hmm. if there's somebody in there who I don't know, who I'm not familiar with, I'm fairly certain that they don't have an agent or I know which talent don't. Um, and yeah, I, I will call up the theater and the, you know, get the phone number or the email address or ask them to share mine so that they can have, they can have the actor call me. And then, um, at that point, um, every talent that we, ha- that we audition for a project for clients, we put through pre-screening first. So even if I've seen them in a show, most likely, and, and even most of the agents or most of the actors who are represented by agents, I will pre-screen if I haven't seen them audition for a certain type of material yet. And so, um, we do a lot of general auditions and pre-screening and, um, that's where we, tend to bring in a lot of the actors who are unrepresented first Mm -hmm. and then I keep them in I keep the actors who I want to remember in a binder and oftentimes if I really want to remember them I will send them to an agent Mm -hmm. um, because it's just much easier to keep track of the talent when they're being submitted to me and for the agents to be responsible Mm -hmm. for and and guide them in their careers um, so that I'm not taking on that role in addition to everything else that we're doing here um and we also do get submissions, probably not as many submissions as the agents do, because when people call and ask about our submission process, we 
we do inform them we don't keep anything on file, that we do look at everything that comes through the mail. So that probably discriminates some of the submissions we get. But we do look at everything that comes through the mail. If somebody's got a unique characteristic or happens to fit something that we're looking for in that moment, we will hang on to their headshot and resume. We'll call them in immediately um, for, an, for an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the and those that are, you know, are not – what we're looking for that moment, we do not keep on file. So they know? have to keep Unless, resubmitting and resubmitting. Yeah. Basically, I, is that right? Yeah. Or I would just encourage them to keep, you know, to keep their eyes peeled for, you know, the projects that we're casting. And if they find that they're right at that point, then resubmit. Cause uh, I don't want to encourage an actor to keep sending me their headshot in the mail. Cause right. we're not, we're just going to, you know, we're going to keep tossing them. <laughs> right. So, um, so that, that's why I always recommend, you know, continuing to work. I'll encourage them to do exactly what Dawn said, to mm-hmm. work in Chicago, get as much experience, um, in the theaters and taking classes as they can, um, so that they can find representation. So how would an actor going, go about keeping track of what you're casting and, and know that they might be right for something? Um, if they don't have an agent, is that what you're? Yes. Okay. If they don't have an agent, um, the only way we don't post everything for actors that aren't represented, um, for, we don't often post outside of, um, agents for TV and film Mm -hmm. because there's just, uh, we have a large pool to to work with amongst the people represented by agents for some of our more obscure theater projects. Projects, or we're looking for a very special skill at that point, then, you know, we'll post, um, on the equity. We post mm-hmm. for the equity auditions. Um, we post at performing and we post at theater in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes on chicagoplays.com. So mm-hmm. I would encourage actors just to keep looking on there. Every once in a while, we'll post something on actors access or on Craigslist. Um, if we're looking for a unique, a unique skill. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a juggler who's exactly, yeah, <laughs> can do a backbend, right? <laughs> right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, so that definitely takes us back to Don, because what I hear you saying is that although it is possible to get cast in something that you're casting without an agent, it's pretty much the minority. It's the unusual case, and someone who. The, the, the place for an actor to start is to get representation, to do the kind of work that you cast. Obviously, yeah. the non-equity, the kind of storefront theater scene is a, a, a very different world from what you're talking about. And their actors do have direct access, essentially, to the auditions, right? So that's a different – if you're talking about Raven Theater or, you know, yeah, Lifeline I'd, Theater. Yeah, and I'd say a lot of the actors working in those storefront theaters do have agents. Mm-hmm. Um, they are represented. Um, and then the actors that aren't, you know, I keep, I do keep a binder of actors that aren't represented that I, you know, have seen in theater and, and think have promise or I want to remember. I do keep some of those on file. I just right. don't keep everybody. Don't so keep that, her. and I, you know, and we have, I, I, just this past week, I, I did cast somebody in a project who wasn't represented. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it does happen. It's not never. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I would say the majority of the time, the talent that we're booking is through the agents in Chicago. So then for an actor coming into this scene and wanting to get an agent so they have access to the kind of work that, that you cast, Becca, Don, what is the right way to go about that? Well, they should first of all look at all the agents' websites. We all have websites which explain what submission procedures are. And then they should make sure that they follow them. Um, for example, for us, we started getting so many submissions uh, online that we've had to stop taking submissions online. Because mm-hmm. while it doesn't seem like it would take a lot of time to, like, click open a picture, if you get, like, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 a day mm-hmm. and each one takes a minute, that's an hour of your day. 
So we don't accept online submissions. I still, even though our website very clearly says we do not take online submissions, I still get about 20 or 30 a day. Mm -hmm. And I don't even open them. I just delete them Mm -hmm. because I can't spend the time doing it. Um, You know, for us, we ask that you include a uh, headshot and resume and a self-addressed stamped envelope, which we reply in, and then also a cover letter. And um, it look, we look at all of that. I mean, I look at the headshot and resume. I look at the cover letter. And, you know, some there's some photographers in town who do, like, these form letters that they give out to actors. So if I get a letter from a photographer, and there's one in particular that I probably get about four or five a day from, it said, I went to blah, 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 photographer and got these wonderful materials mm. to market myself. You know, yeah. I generally am thinking that that person, I, I that would basically hurt them in my eyes because they haven't actually taken the time to figure out what it is that the agent's doing. And and all mm-hmm. agents are different. And I think that there are different agencies that are good for different types of people. Mm-hmm. And so you can really, so if I get a letter saying, you know, I've talked to these actors that you represent and um, I know that you've done this or whatever, I tend to be more likely to want to see those people mm-hmm. who've kind of done a little bit of homework and made it a little more personalized. It's more self-selection that they've picked you out of all of the other agents for some reason. They yeah. feel, mm-hmm. and or at least if they haven't, <coughs> then at least they've sort of done their homework, right? And you know, professional pictures are important if you're submitting, and you're, you know, if you want to be a professional actor and you're sending. I mean, it depends. Like for kids, for example, or maybe if you're new. If there's something unique about you and you don't have professional pictures, I may still bring you in. Mm -hmm. But if there's not, if you're in a category of people of which there's a lot of them, or I represent a lot of them. And your headshots aren't good. I'm not mm-hmm. going to bring right. you in, and right. you know. So it's about being. We're looking for professional actors, and it's a business for us. When at the end of the day, it's a business, and we're looking for people who will fit into our business and who have incredible talent, but also who are who understand the business, right? Who are basically a good bet for you yeah. as a right. Well, Don, you have two um, two kids who have been in the business. One is um, Ray Gray, who's done a lot of work as a very young actor around Chicago. So you also have the perspective of a actor's mother. Mm-hmm. How does that change your approach to being uh, an agent? Um, you know, it's interesting because I understand, I think, a lot of what mothers go through in the business. And I understand even the whole perspective of being an actor more because mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be waiting to hear on that big project. And I know that like waiting to hear and every time the phone rings, thinking that that might be the news, how horrible, you know, what a, right. what a horrible feeling that is. So I definitely empathize because I live the life of that a little bit. And I yeah. think that that makes a difference. Um, on the other hand, I see some mothers who ruin their kids' careers mm. um, because they just are so difficult to work with. And, um, you know, I, I think that you, I really understand that as a parent, you have to, Again, you it's yes, you care and you want your kid to get everything, but there has to be a balance in life. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's important. Well, so what would be your three pointers to the mothers and fathers of young actors in this world not to do? I think that it would be to um, to realize that you're one of a group of kids in in this pool of kids who are actors, and that maybe your kid is very talented but that you need to not necessarily, you need to be low maintenance. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're calling every 10 minutes um, to find out things, that's going to work against you. There was, um, you know, 
my daughter was in a play with a kid whose mom gave her onion, wanted to give her onions so she'd cry on stage mm-hmm. and was just very intrusive. They actually had to tell her not to come backstage anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you just have to realize that you're there to support your kid, but you're not there to live through your kid. Right, right. Being over-involved is, is a um, detraction to their chances of success. So um, I want to ask both of you what you look for when you see an actor. And it's such a artificial, um, an audition is such an artificial si- situation. What a, What an actor can do who has lived in a role for a long time, has been through a rehearsal process, has a time to think about it, is very different from what they can do when they're given sides two days ahead, for instance. I guess, Don, when you see someone, they're working on a monologue, they're going to give you a monologue that they have had that time to really live with. But then when Becca sees someone, most likely it's material that they've had to master in a very short time. So I guess maybe, Becca, you could talk to what comes through in that kind of situation and what you look for. Um, yeah, I would say it's very different speaking to the, um, we do a, a obviously a high volume of television and film auditions, which is a very different ball game than the theater auditions. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking specifically to theater, uh, the first meeting actually is usually a monologue. Um, when we ask people to come in and we pre-screen them or bring them in for a general audition, a lot of times we do request a monologue. Um, and um, and then when given material for a play, most of the time we are giving them one to two weeks to three weeks in advance uh-huh. with the material. So mm-hmm. with theater, it's not usually quite as last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they do walk in, we are expecting for them to be extremely well prepared with the material to, um, you don't necessarily have to be off book, but to be able to, you know, if you, ha- if you're holding in your hand, have your eyes up, be able to play with it, be able to take direction, mm-hmm. um, uh, have it be internal, even at the first audition process. Um, what do you mean by internal? Um, have it be something that you can tell they've spent, they've spent some time with. So Mm -hmm. it's, so it's coming out of them and it feels natural in their body, Mm -hmm. um, in their voice. It's not something that they're sort of looking at for the first time and and making guesses at, um, that they've made some, that they've made choices in Mm -hmm. it. We'd, we'd rather see a wrong choice than no choice at all Mm -hmm. because wrong choice is something that you can ask them to, you know, give them direction in the, in the session and see what they can do with it and how they play with it. Right. Um, so actors that have come in and actually prepared the material, you can play with, you can work with, you can mm-hmm. see that they're willing to take adjustments and take direction. Because um, they're not just fumbling to say the right words and do something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then back to what Don said previously about professionalism, it also speaks to the level of professionalism that they bring with them when they walk in the door. There's, you know, there is a huge difference, um, We can tell when somebody, you know, has prepared for an audition um, and when there's somebody that we think we're going to want to work with and Mm -hmm. pass along to our clients um, based on what they bring through, even walking into the door for the first, you know, in that first five minutes of seeing them that day, you know, wanting to make sure that they are professional, they have dressed appropriately, they, you know, they, they look their best. They came on time. Um, they came early. They brought extra headshots, even if they don't need them, you know. Right. So just making sure that they understand that for us also, you know, this is, this is a, this is a business and we run a very successful business. Claire is amazing and she's built a really 
um, excellent casting department here. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we work really hard to provide an environment for the actors that allows them to feel comfortable, to feel like they're in a peaceful place where the casting directors are actually rooting for them right. and want them to succeed. Right. Um, as well as be a really comfortable space for the producers and directors that are coming in to join us for the audition. So, mm-hmm. um, um when you support, you talked a lot, both of you, about preparation. There are actors who can come in, and even though you probably can tell that they haven't learned the material as well as they should have, they can still pull something off. Do you hold it against them that they didn't prepare, even if you've been able to see their talent, despite I their lack of prep? Shot, like we do callbacks to um, where we give people material to prepare. So if someone really impresses me as being off the cuff and doing something interesting, I'd call them back and mm-hmm. I'd see. But then if they come in the second time and they haven't grown any with the material or worked any harder on it, right. then it becomes an issue of like, is this a person <laughs> that if they get hired, are they just going to be always that way? Right, so, right. Yeah, and I would say just to, to from our perspective, um, yes, we would hold it against them mm-hmm. um, for – we do have, you know, usually when we're seeing for, for a particular role, we'll only see 10 to 12 actors for that role out of the 185 actors that were submitted. So if somebody comes in that we've asked to audition for us unprepared, it's not only, it's not only a waste of our time, but it's an audition slot that another actor could have had. Mm-hmm. And that's very frustrating. So we take right. it very seriously to have actors come in prepared. Um, and we keep track of who doesn't prepare. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, it's not that they'll never be asked to come back again, but if they come in a second time unprepared, then, you know, <laughs> that might you be probably it. would write them <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, I think actors yeah. don't understand a lot of times how how valuable time is right. to both us and to casting directors. Right. And you know, if some an actor has an appointment and then they haven't prepared and then they cancel on the same day or whatever, that's not only bad for the casting director; it's also taking a chance away from another actor who would have loved to have had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like they're in their world thinking about them, but they're not thinking about the bigger picture of it all. Right. And, um, you know, I think the worst thing that an actor can do is to waste somebody's time by not being prepared or by, you know, canceling at the last minute or by, you know, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like it's a silly thing, wasting time, but time is what our valuable commodity is. And, you know, so few people get the opportunity, you know, when Becca said that she's rooting for the actors, casting directors are rooting for all of the actors to be great. Because it's, they've done a great job if they call in these 10 actors and all of them are great. Right. On the other end, only one of them's going to get the job. And, you know, so it's not like they're saying one versus the other, but ultimately a casting director wants everyone to be great. Right. And, right. um, so it's really important to respect that and it, to get out of your own head as an actor mm-hmm. and to understand the bigger picture of what you're going into. An audition is like a finely orchestrated, piece of art that, that Becca spent a lot of time putting together and selecting the right people right. and expects that it'll all go smooth. Right. One thing I think a lot of Chicago actors struggle with, there many of them are here because they love the theater. All of them need to make a living. And I think it's um, a difficult question sometimes to, to know how to build a career that has the right balance of artistically satisfying work, which by and large will be the theater, not exclusively, but um, to a large degree in Chicago, and keeping your hand in for the commercial work and building a foundation as a business person, basically. So I'd be interested in both of your advice on that. 
It's our philosophy. What we look for in the actors that we represent are people who can work across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, we look for people who are great actors first and foremost because we think that that's what's really important. But it also then we want them to have some kind of commercial viability. Um, so I think that if you really want to make it as an actor in Chicago and to support yourself as an actor in Chicago, which would be the goal for probably every actor here, right? Um, you need to be able to do the theater and to be successful in the theater, but also to do the commercial or the on-camera stuff and the voiceover work. Mm-hmm. And the more things, that, the more skills you have, the better. I mean, and if you can do musical theater and dramatic, there's not a lot of people who wind up crossing over between the musical and the dramatic worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, Guy there's Adkins. a handful of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there are a handful of people right. like, you know, Kate Fry, or those right. people, um, it's just providing more opportunities to right. work. So right. I think the more that you can do, rather than trying to narrow yourself, you need to broaden yourself. I have so many people who walk in and say, oh, I just want to do film. I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to do theater. I only want to be a film actor. Well, the reality is, is that you get to be a good actor in Chicago by doing theater. Right. And I would be very unlikely to sign someone who walks in the door and tells me they're only going to be a film actor. Right. Um, and, you know, we're talking about someone who does a lot of commercials doesn't necessarily mean that they can act in a pilot or a TV show. It just means that they're great. But they don't really understand that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it. I don't think they have the proper respect. It's really hard to be an actor. And by definition, if you want to be amazing or great at anything, that's only going to be a handful of people. Right. And you have to really work hard at it. And you have to respect how hard it is. And you have to have that drive that make to be the best. And to be the best be. When you told me a story before we started recording <clears throat> that I thought was really interesting, um, that in Chicago, at least, having theater credentials carries a lot of weight in the commercial world as well. And you talked about someone who had a lot of commercial experience but was less likely to get a pilot than someone who had theater work. Right, because it's about acting. I mean, if you look at, like, Boss, you know, and you look at all the people who are on Boss, they're all the top theater actors in Chicago. And that's why I think the show's so good is because the acting is so good on it. And I'm really proud that there's so many great Chicago actors that are on that show. Right. And that goes back, Becca, to what you said about that L.A. um, uh, casting people are starting to look here because they really respect our actors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what would be your advice to an actor in terms of building a career? Um, I would ditto everything Don said. Um, I, I we're we're on the same page for a lot of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say for an actor who you know who has spent some time in school building their theater, you know, thinking they're going to come out and are excited to work in Chicago theater scene, that's why they moved here. Um, and they maybe haven't yet experienced commercial work. I would say. Um, Definitely sign up and take some improv classes. Um, sign up for classes at IO or Second City. That's huge. If we, if we look at somebody's resume and see that they may not have a lot of commercial experience yet, but are taking improvisation classes, um, we will call them in. That's mm-hmm. exciting for us to see. We know that they're working at it. We know that they're acknowledging and recognizing that this is work and that they are going to have to work at it and they're making the effort. Um, and having that skill about, um, of being able to improv in a commercial audition is huge. Yeah. And even actors who have been auditioning for us for years and haven't taken improv yet, who have then gone back to take it, have commented to me on how valuable that has been for them to, mm-hmm. to have in their back pocket and how much more comfortable they are in an audition and having something thrown at them. 
we're being asked to play something in a different way. Right. Um, and I'm speaking especially specifically when it is, you know, a commercial or something on camera. Um, so, so being able to improv when asked is, is a major asset and something that, um, is really a great, you know, uh, Chicago, you couldn't be in a right. better city to, to study that and to, right. Right. to really, you know, sort of sharpen your teeth at that. So what you're saying, which is so encouraging to me, is that the things that are particularly fabulous in Chicago, which is theater, and improv are both really helpful yeah. to actors who want to make a living. So that's yeah. very good news. I and think I think Chicago we'll s- is the best city to move to if you're an actor. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you both so much for talking to me about this. Thanks. 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 